Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. And welcome to episode six, where Shari and myself are discussing how to choose your supportive caregiver. I think this is such an important topic. Mm. Um, a lot, I find that a lot of women, by the time I see them um, from 20 to 30 weeks, they've already made this important decision. Yeah. So that's why I really wanted to bring this to light and make an episode about the importance of the decision that you're going to make and that it should be your decision. Mm. It, it shouldn't just be you get a referral from your doctor and then that's your that's who and you're that's going who you with. That's you go with, yeah. Um, but I think for a lot of first-time mums, I know I didn't have any idea that I could actually have a choice. Yeah. So did you – what was your choice? Well, I had always gone private for everything. I <clears throat> was very lucky to obviously have top – you know, private healthcare. But with my son, I, he was not planned. (laughs) He was a big surprise and we didn't have the, um, maternity baby cover on our, on our healthcare plan. So I had a moment of being like, Oh my gosh, panic! (laughs) I have to go public. What? I have to go public. This is not good because I had always believed that. And I, I guess it's also too, in the way that I was conditioned that, you should have a private obstetrician. Mm. The more you pay, the more, you know, the better the care best you're going to get and the more mm. choice you're going to have and you get that really nice room. And and so I felt like I had a moment of feeling not a bit ripped be off <laughs> because I was like, I'm not going to get the best care. Yeah. But I think that's where one of the first things that I – both of us recommend you all do if you are thinking of having a baby Mm. or if you are newly pregnant or even if you already have chosen a care provider is to look at the options available to you in your area yes because there's so many i didn't realize how many options there were available Mm. um between private obstetric care within a private hospital um, to public, uh, yeah. to and sometimes the public systems, and many now actually have a model of care that is a continuity of care with a yeah, midwife. So it's either called a midwifery group practice. Well, that's here in Australia. Um, there's also some birth houses or oh. um, uh, the the birth center. Yeah, sorry, losing my words here. Um, and I had no idea that there were all these I other know. options. What options did you have? When well, you know, because I'm from the UK, when we first moved over and then, you know, we we've, we decided that we were going to try for a baby, I had a little look around and, and in the UK, no one has an obstetrician unless there's something wrong or you have an issue. Right. Um, unless you're royalty or extremely famous, you wouldn't have. Obstetricians are just not a thing that you would choose. Wow. Um, and that's because NHS is, is the way that it is. You know, we don't have the same health system as, as, as we do here. So for me, it was kind of like, well, why wouldn't I have my baby in a public hospital? I don't need to have an obstetrician. So, and I didn't have the private health care either. So I was just really happy. And then when I went up to the hospital in Sydney, um, it was like luxurious compared to an NHS hospital. And the care that was going to be given was 
outstandingly different to the clients that I'd served in the UK that were pregnant. So for me, I felt like I'd upgraded anyway. <laughs> right. I think that's a really important point because depending on where you're listening from, it could be very different <clears throat> depending on the country that, that yeah. you're in. But I think the first thing that we recommend that you do is do some research, have a look at the diff- different options. Mm. If you do have private health care and you would like to hire a private obstetrician, don't just settle with the obstetrician that your GP may recommend to you. Get some referrals of friends or go into Facebook groups mm. and see who has been able to have a beautiful, positive, even natural birth with an obstetrician in your area. Um, because this was a, a big thing that I didn't realize too is that I always thought that that by paying more you got more choice yes. and better care yeah and since now working with women in who have I have very I have women go public I have women go private mm. through midwifery led practice and I am going to be honest I have seen that there is a huge rise in women having more hands-on intervention, intervention yeah. instrumental births, cesareans mm. through private obstetric Absolutely. care. Absolutely. And I've actually, we've actually got, and this is where I, we want to be able to share evidence-based information with you. And I think that's really important it as is. well, because I, we encourage all of you to ask for evidence as well. And this was a, um, a study that I've always kind of had it's a little bit of an older study and and it is an Australian study so please if you're overseas maybe look for a study that is in your area but this particular study was um, in regards to the rates of um, obstetric intervention among low-risk women giving birth in private and public hospitals in New South Wales Australia and the the stats that came back were actually really alarming yeah. and I never knew this as a first time mum. Mm. Um, this was this study in particular was in regards to low risk low risk first time mothers giving birth in a private hospital compared to a public hospital and they found that uh, private had higher rates of induction. It was thirty one percent versus twenty three percent in the public. Um, higher instrumental birth twenty nine percent versus eighteen percent Caesarean section was 27% versus 18%. Mm. Epidurals were were alarmingly higher at 53% wow. versus 32%. And episiotomies were 28% versus 12% in public. Um, and there were a lower normal vaginal birth rate uh, from 40, 44% to 64%. Wow. And I... Wish that I was told this Mm. as a first-time mum. And please know that we are not here to say that one model of care is better than than another. But I I think when you are choosing a caregiver, you need to be aware of, one, first of all, like what do you want for your birth? That's probably one of the first questions you want to sit down with your partner and have that open conversation with each other mm. about what kind of experience would you like? Because it's all well and good saying that you want to have a natural birth, but what are you actually going to do to help yourself achieve that natural birth? And you want to choose a caregiver, whether it be a private obstetrician, whether it be a, mm. a private midwife, or whether it be a through the public system, you want to choose a caregiver who is going to support you in your preferences and what you want to help mm. you achieve the best natural natural birth that you can. 
And that you get on with. <laughs> and I think that's really important that I've seen over the last 23 years is that, um, you know, it doesn't mean you have to actually really like the person that's going to help you deliver your baby. Because, you know, there's that hierarchy that can, that feeling of hierarchy when you sit into a consultant's room, isn't there? Mm. Um, that they know all and that you are just there at their I think we've been conditioned to also believe that I was. I I remember being told the doctor knows best, just Mm. do as you're told. And a lot of us don't want to question, but I think what Nicola and I really want to encourage you to do and empower you to do, you need to empower yourself. And the only way you can empower yourself is to ask questions. Mm. So before choosing and committing to one model of care or, or a caregiver, or even if you have already committed to one model of care or a caregiver, if you're further on, along in your pregnancy, I think it's still really important that you empower yourself and create conversations yes. with your caregiver to ensure that one, they know what you want mm. and that you feel you're going to be supported. Yeah. So what kind of questions would you recommend that people ask? Well, first of all, the questions you'll you'll want to create around what kind of birth I guess is that you want mm, to have. Yeah. So if you're wanting to have a natural, physiological, normal birth, hopefully, yeah. you know, again, please know we have to be prepared for whatever turn our birthing takes, and then and that's why we hire medical yes. caregivers. Yeah. So we know that the safest place for us to to birth our baby for many of of us is within the hospital system because we mm. know that. Our medical caregivers, they are highly trained. They are able to see if something's maybe going off course and that they can help mm. us. Their role in our labor, sorry, in our pregnancy and our labor and birth is to make sure that we are safe yes, and our baby is safe. safe. Yeah. But it's not their job to educate us. Mm. And this is something that I really, over the years of teaching, because I remember coming out of my Hypnobirthing Australia course and I was I walked out and I was a bit kind of, a little bit angry with the system being like, Mm. why, why don't my, why doesn't my midwife explain to me how my body's meant to work? Why hasn't she explained to me the hormones of birth? Mm. I don't know this. So where else am I going to get this information? And then I realized very kind of after I became a practitioner that it's not their role to educate. It's their role to to care. Yeah. We need to empower ourselves Mm. and we need to educate ourselves, whether it be through, reading books or um, podcasts like ours podcasts (laughs) or doing you know a hypnobirthing course or um, some other childbirth education program Mm. um we can't rely on our medical caregivers to create the experience that we want no that's right but when you know what you want that is when you can approach your caregivers Mm. and create conversations and ask them questions like and this is even before you've hired them i'd encourage you to ask questions in saying you know, we would really like to approach mm. this birth as normal and natural as possible. Mm. We'd like a more hands-off experience. Do you support natural birth yeah. and natural birthing techniques? Mm. Probably one of the main questions mm. because, and this is the other question, which I'm going to be honest, it might feel uncomfortable. And if your caregivers don't want to answer this question, this for me is a really big yeah. red flag in asking what is their intervention rate yes what is their cesarean rate because if you're talking to an obstetrician that has a 
80% cesarean rate, which there are obstetricians out yeah. there that have that. I know there's an obstetrician here in Queensland that has a 100% cesarean rate. Wow. He won't do vaginal births. That's mm. how he runs his practice. This is his business. Yeah. And, that's, and yeah. I hate to say it like that, but it is. Yeah. Birth is a big business. Yeah, it is a big um, business, isn't it? And so if you're looking for an obstetrician that has a very high cesarean rate, then big chances are that's the road that they will probably want to lead you Mm. into. And if you don't know that and then it becomes too late and you're 38 weeks and then all of a sudden your obstetrician says to you, okay, well, let's just book you in for this cesarean. (laughs) Which we've seen many times, yeah. Yeah, we have. Or classic is, and this is the other thing is too, when you go to see an obstetrician is, who um what holidays have you got planned have you got a holiday planned near my 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 due date absolutely um because i often have had many mums crying to me because their obstetricians decided to go on a on a 10 day or a 14 day break and then they haven't had that person on the day yes and they've had someone that isn't aligned with their birthing plans and and how heartbreaking is that because that's that you know you get to know yeah and that is what is one of the benefits of continuity of care if you're able to get into a system that is like that it's not always available for everyone of course but being familiar with your caregivers it builds trust it does yeah and then to not have that person there um it 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 can make a difference yeah Yeah. um so don't don't be scared to ask what their intervention rate Mm. what their cesarean rate is or even ask the hospital because public hospitals um here in australia they have to release their their statistics Private hospitals don't mm. because in the private hospital, each obstetrician works for themselves. Yes. Um, so they don't have to release the statistics of the actual that. hospital. Mm. Um, so if they are reluctant to give you that information, that for me would be a very big flag. Mm. Um, even asking, you know, how far over your estimated due date will they support you? Yes. Because if you have, and once again, every hospital is different. Every public hospital has different policies to other public hospitals, mm. to private, every even every obstetrician, even obstetricians working within the same private hospital have their own ways of the, how yes. they like to do things. Yeah. And I have heard of, of women saying, oh, no, my obstetrician won't allow me to go past 39 weeks. Mm. And you're just like, what? But that's like full time. It's, full, it's 40 <laughs> it's not, weeks. It's up time. to 42 weeks is normal gestation. Mm. Um, so if, if you have a caregiver saying, oh, we won't allow you to go so many days past your estimated due date, rather than just... Um, being submissive and saying oh okay yes I'll do what you say (laughs) I like we want you to win and that's why we do this this is why we do what we do because Mm. through our own experiences like even what we have learned there are things that I wish I had known Mm. and this is where it, it may be hard to sometimes hear this stuff but I want you to know so or we want you to know so that so you're informed and you've got knowledge and mm. you've got that feeling of I can I can actually ask these questions. Yeah, I'm not right step, I'm questions. not stepping over the line by asking or questioning anything. I encourage you. You have yeah. to ask questions. Yeah. If you don't know what your options are, then you don't have any. And I think being able to, if you the red flags for me are when I hear a, a mum going in to see a, a caregiver, and they ask about a birthing plan, and the obstetrician or whoever that might be says, "Oh, we don't really we don't really value those. You know, you just got to go with the flow and see what happens." I think for me, um, being able to explain how you visualize your birth is is so important to you because it's the 
that's what you're gearing up for. But mm. if you don't have a plan or a conversation about what that looks for you, no. um, you know, that, that can be quite disappointing, can't it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And or we have human rights. We, are, we have the right to be feel supported to have our preferences honored to be able to ask questions to to be given evidence-based information i think that's also a really Mm. important one to always come back to as well as a question in asking caregivers if they are recommending something to you asking for some evidence-based information so you can actually Mm. see just like those statistics that i i just read out it as a first-time mum, i had no idea that rates in private hospitals were so much higher for yes. intervention and cesarean rates i'd always believed i would definitely go private that was yeah. what i um thought that i would have done it was only because i didn't have the health care um now we have both hmm. supported women who've gone through private and had amazing experiences Absolutely. and yeah. they have spoken up for what they want hmm. and the the caregivers have in some ways kind of gone oh okay this <laughs> this couple actually do know what yeah. they want. Okay, well, yeah, it, it's their job to mm. su- to to support you. Yeah. Um, and if at any time you are not feeling supported, it is never too late to change. I know it might be hard to part with some of the money or ask for your money back, but what is more important to you, having a positive experience where you feel supported mm. and having your preferences honoured or in some ways – just sticking with a caregiver because you have paid them and then or then you end up in an emergency cesarean yeah. or a planned cesarean and it's not what you really wanted. And I think also even in the even in the public sector for me my own personal journey was while I was having um I was induced at 42 weeks. Um and I had a brilliant midwife that was saw me all the way through but unfortunately on the night that I went in for induction she wasn't due in until the next day. And she ended up being with me anyway at the end. But at the beginning, when it was kind of, you know, that uncertain of what induction looked like for me, I had a midwife that was really just not my not my person. I just mm-hmm. felt really disconnected from her and and we and I felt really powered and really informed to say you know, hey, is there anyone else that can look after me? Because I just don't feel that we're gelling together. And she said, oh my goodness, okay. And then about three or four hours later, she came back in and just went, I wanted to say sorry. And you're right, I've just had a really shocking day and you really, you know, thank you. But the girl that took over was amazing and was perfect for me, mm. you know, just more comfort. And, yeah. and, and I think that's really important as well as while you're in labor, if something doesn't feel right, you can always say, is there someone else, you know, can someone yeah. else help me here? Because I just don't feel this is going how I see it too. And, mm. um, and yeah. I think that's important. Thing it is. To... And then coming back to our last episode where we talked about the hormones of birth, mm. for us to be able to release those beautiful cocktail of hormones, we need to feel safe. We do. And we need to feel safe with our caregivers. And if yes. we are being yelled at or spoken mm-hmm. to in not mm-hmm. so which you know I was yelled at during my birth to push and push and push yeah. and um I didn't have my preferences heard in especially yeah. with my first um because I didn't again I didn't get the midwife that I had seen throughout my whole pregnancy Aww. um but then I'm taking responsibility as well for the fact that I d- didn't share my preferences with this new midwife mm. um and that's why putting together preferences 
and notice I haven't called it a birth plan. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to call it a birth plan because we put so much emphasis on this one plan. And if yes. it doesn't go the way that you hope, what did, what do they say? Nothing went to plan. Whereas we can, <laughs> but we can Ideas. have preferences <laughs> of what we would like if it's medically safe. Yeah. Um, and that's again, where we, we want to have someone who we can trust to go, okay, they're not just going to wheel me in for a cesarean because they're meant to finish at seven o'clock um and I've had that I've had that as well yeah where the second time mum who was actually eight centimeters but was told well the anaesthetist is going home so we're just going to take you in for for the cesarean now (gasps) and so her her next birth which I worked very closely with her um to overcome a lot of trauma um that she had experienced with that Mm. then had the whole VBAC vaginal birth after cesarean box that she she was then put in so I guess we're sharing this from a side of we want to help you to feel empowered and know that you have the right to ask questions you have the right to choose a caregiver that and interview a caregiver yes interview them you're paying especially if you're going private you're paying (laughs) them a lot of money yeah you are and And you've got the right to to have oh and this person's going to be there for the arrival of your 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 baby your creation Mm -hmm. you actually have to get on with them yeah and And i think that's really important Yeah. yeah and for your partner to get on with them too because inevitably they the birth support that you have your partner or your family they've got to be able to get to have that good communication too hey Mm, yeah Mm. so we've actually put together a pdf a list of questions that i will we will put a link in the show notes that you can get for free from us please Mm. know this is just a recommendation once again please know nicola and i we are not medically trained we will never give medical advice but we want you to be able to approach your caregivers with confidence in being able to ask these questions to get the answers that you deserve so Mm. that you feel safe with your decision. Absolutely. And, you know, you can reach out to us and ask us anything that you have or to feel more empowered by before you go in to choose your people or... Mm. Or often we'll get mums that will come to us that we're both working with that will say, what do I ask for this? Or I've got this problem, what do you think I should do? And and that's when you look to whoever's supporting you, whether that's hypnobirthing, calm birthing, or mm. even your midwife, and mm. you just ask them, what do I ask? What, what questions do I need to know? Yeah. yeah. And look, you may even feel like you've asked all of these questions, but then if you're further along in your pregnancy and you now have your obstetrician mm. who one may or midwife who may have been making suggestions all through your pregnancy like one of the biggest ones is having a a big big baby baby. and you know at at 30 weeks they they want to do a scan and at 36 weeks they want to do another scan and Mm. they sometimes can use this suggestion to maybe lead you into wanting to intervene earlier or, or book you in for that induction or in that cesarean. Mm. And we want you to be able to ask the questions and say, you know, well, can you provide me with the evidence rather than just going, <laughs> yes, yes, what time would you like me in? Yeah. Um, and I think from experience and, and the amount of women that both Nicole and I have supported, we have seen second, third time mums where this has happened and they have – put so much trust into their caregiver and given them all the power to make all the decisions, which has led them down a path of a birth that actually they didn't want. Absolutely. And half of it is because of the fear that they have. Yes. And the I recently worked with a lady, I think we both did actually, and she had 
a great obstetrician actually but just that week rolling in towards and she was um over her date um and he said a few things to her that really made her go into full fear and I had to spend a good couple of sessions with her coaching her on how to calm herself how to know that that's not necessarily going to be her journey and it was a lot of work to undo that one question or statement or suggestion yeah yeah it's because we are so highly open to suggestions when we're pregnant, especially when we're in labor as well. Absolutely. Um, but the only way really, not, well, not the only way, I, I guess it comes down to knowledge. You know, knowledge is power. Mm. The more you know about your options, the more you will be able to make informed decisions. And it's not saying that that you're going to go against medical advice. No. Not what, none whatsoever. No. But it's more being able to empower yourself to, to ask the questions so that you feel you're making a decision that is right for you and working with your caregiver. You're not yes. handing yourself over. You're not being a passenger in your experience. We want you to feel like you're being the driver. I know. And like, a, and to finish on a real high note, I'm, I ran a pregnancy circle um, in 2019 where we had the most beautiful midwife from a birth centre who came in and sat with all of us in the circle. And she came up with this most beautiful um, birth story. It was her most favourite birth of all, the, I think, 30 years mm-hmm. that she's been a midwife. And she said, we want you to deliver your baby. We want you to catch your baby. We want you to feel powerful. Receive your baby. Birth your baby. Yeah, Yeah. we want all all of that for you. And we also touched on you know, ask me questions, tell me what you want your room to look like. This is your room to deliver your baby in, to receive your baby and how you bring your things in, you yeah, know, because if they make don't the know room beautiful. Yeah. yeah. If your caregivers don't know what you want, then how can they support you in that? That's right. So you need to have those, you know, I'd like this. Intention. It's an intention, remember? <laughs> yeah. Like we need, to, it's like setting a goal. That's right. You know, it, like I said. Manifesting all, your birth that you want. Yeah. yeah. Regardless yeah. of how your baby comes into the world, you can have a positive experience. I've Absolutely. Helped women with, we've helped women with cesarean birth, induction. I have some of the most amazing birth stories on my website. Mm. Um, you know, I've got, gosh, probably over 120 now on my website. So mm. draw inspiration from other women. And really catch yourself if you're feeling like you are not being supported and start to ask these questions yourself or download the PDF that we want want to, to give you. Yes. And or even better, come and join our community. Yes. Where you can feel supported and maybe you can express how you're feeling and then all of us as a community can can support, support and help uplift you to get confidence to use your voice or talk to your partner and get your partner to help you and feel supported by your partner as well but and we also do coaching and supporting you through all of your pregnancy on our community facebook group so if that's of interest to you come and join us where we help you beyond your birth as well yeah we hope you have enjoyed this episode if you would like to join our online community you can join today by visiting nurturehub.community and you can join us and come Mm -hmm. into our facebook group and work with us directly thanks for listening bye we hope this episode has helped you on your own journey We would love it if you can subscribe and leave a review and help us to spread the word of positive pregnancy and birth. We would like to personally invite you to join our Nurture Hub online community where you can connect with other women and be mentored by us one-on-one in one of our future episodes. 
It's so important to feel connected and nurtured through this time and we would love to support you. Thanks, Thanks for listening. listening.